Hey y'all, this is Corn Fed Witch, and we're once again brought to, buy, brought to you by Alec Debra and Disbanded Crow. You can get all your divination needs at Alec Debra on Etsy. And Disbanded Crow, I guess he makes fucking video games called Upscura. Hi Caleb, I love you. You're a fuck fuck, but I love you. Anyway, so we have a, a special holiday episode featuring. Stella, she's pretty great. She's also, she practices witchcraft. I think that's obvious if she's on the podcast. I've practiced, but I haven't perfected. She's been doing it a lot longer than me. She's also a daughter of a magician. I think it's cool. Yeah, not a magician magician, but a stage magician. So magic with a C, not magic with a CK. Magic. Magic. Just magic, yeah. So I am going to be speaking to her about like Yuletide traditions and maybe her background or whatever the fuck we come up with because mm -hmm. I didn't do any preparation for this episode. That's fine because I love to hear the sound of my own voice and I love talking. Oh so yeah, so I um, I'm happy to talk. It's so funny before we started record recording, Sarah mentioned she doesn't like listening to her own voice. She's like, I don't really listen to my podcast. I've listened to my each of my episodes at least twice all the way through. Is that a Taurus thing? What? Being narcissistic? Being narcissistic? I don't know if narcissism's quite the right phrase, because I don't think I'm awesome necessarily, but I do, I don't know, I'm not, I'm, I used to not like the sound of my own voice. Like, I used to be that kind of person where, like, when you would, I would hear myself on, um, like, on a voicemail or something, and I'd feel a lot of shame. And my voice feels, or it used to when I was younger, it used to feel really disconnected. Like the the sound of my voice recorded, it sounds a lot higher. Like the register sounds a lot yeah. higher. My voice sounds very deep and throaty and you can have head. a sexy like voice. When I've listened <laughs> to my <laughs> your podcast. On my podcasts I sound like um it reminds me of like an NPR voice. Like it's I mean not, you do. It's not my own it's this very sweet, both, Terry both, Gross voice. Both yeah. you and your husband have sexy voices. I know. I asked him if he would be interviewed for my podcast. He's like a little nervous about it because he's not a witch. But I thought it would be a really good conversation because um, I wanted to interview him about weightlifting as a spiritual discipline. Yeah, yeah, that would make a lot of sense because like when I was running, I'd use mm -hmm. that as a meditation. Yeah, and the concept, one of my favorite quotes about magic is from Dion Fortune. And she says that magic is the art of changing consciousness at will. And so it's... Um, I wanted to talk to him about be, uh, that idea of putting yourself into a different frame of mind because he goes to a really, like, he's a very sweet, like, you know, you know him. He's, yeah. He's very sweet. You know, like, he's, it's funny, he is always a big hit with, like, little children. Like, children always love him. He's not a huge cat person. He loves our cat, but he's not a cat person. But cats are really attracted to him. Uh, gay men love him. Like, gay men always love him. Um, women over the age of 60 and um, like sometimes black people like he's literally been told like you know that like internet phrase like invited to the cookout if you oh yeah. yeah it's like yeah that person's cool they're invited to like he's literally been invited to like two different people's cookouts and they literally told him because his family's very small like he's estranged from some of his family and then the rest lives far away and he was literally told on two separate occasions 
um, oh, you have a black family now. Just come to the cookout. <laughs> it was like literally in my. So like, it's just a thing about him that he um, he has a very like tender masculinity. I love him. Like he's a soft butch. If that's a thing that boys can be. I mean, I, I assume it could be. Yeah, like he's just he's very masculine presenting. Like he's very muscular because of the weightlifting, and he's very conscious about his diet. So like you can see his abs and stuff like that. Like he's very masculine looking. But he's very sweet and telly tender about it. I want to watch him weight lift, but you already know this. I know. <laughs> I think he would feel weird about it. Like, he'd feel weird about it, but also, like, weirdly proud of it. Like, he, we went to the Family Fun Center in Omaha, and they have a rock climbing wall. And, of course, it's the first time he's ever gone rock climbing, and he puts it on the Everest setting on super fast. Like, whatever the hardest thing was, he smashed the button on the hardest. And it was like watching a spider monkey. Like, at one point, his legs were dangling. Like, he was using all just arms, and he was going fast. And he was like, did you guys film that? <laughs> <laughs> like, he really wanted to see himself in action. Like, there, I don't know. But, but going back to the idea of interviewing him, I just want to talk to him about what it's like to put himself into that headspace. Because for him, um, I mean, yeah, working out can really suck for him because he lifts heavy. He lifts really heavy. So, like, sometimes it's not fun. And I hear him, like, screaming garage like lunk alarm screaming um but at the same time i think it's really healing for him and like he takes a lot of his frustration out that way and so i would really love to interview him about it yeah that'd be great because like the whole like it's transforming and Mm -hmm. you know like and you're doing something healthy because i think that there's some sort of like magic and putting the right things into your body and Mm -hmm. like just being healthy yeah respecting yourself right and right. I wonder what Sephiroth he's always on. Mm, oh, Kabbalah-wise? Yeah. You know, that's really an, it would be a really interesting conversation. Like, I think that he really strives for balance. And he has a tattoo that's like that, uh, like, healthy body, healthy mind thing. He, like, he really strives for a balance. Um, but I don't know if it necessarily comes easily to him. So I, I, that would be interesting to talk to him about. Especially because he doesn't really have a background in Kabbalah. But... Um, but I want to talk to him about that, and then I want to interview him also about, um, like, what it's like being married to a witch when you're not a witch. What yeah, it's like, yeah, what, that'd like be being great. married to a pa- pagan when you're not a pagan, you know? Yeah. And he was like, well, I just stay out of your way and hope you don't curse me. Because he's, <laughs> like, sarcastic and always has to have a little comment. Um, but I'm like, no, I really want to delve in more deeply. Like, he just doesn't want to be interviewed because he thinks it won't be interesting. But I well, think it would be interesting. I don't think my listeners have a background cabal either, so... Sephira is basically dumbed down. I don't really like the phrase dumbed down, but basically simplified. Simplified is like just like a point of existence. It, yeah, would you describe that as that, like a plane of existence? Or I mean, it's like a it's like kind of like because there's these paths and like stopping points on the path. Yeah, I mean, you can like, think of it as different modes of interaction with the divine yeah. or um yeah so like some of some of the sephira are more severe and some are sweeter and some I'm are always in malkuth and snoop dogs always in keether that's not how it works that's how it works. no it's not how it, that's works. how it works okay but we're not going to argue about kabbalah because i don't i don't I, think it, i'm really an expert that'd be that'd get very confusing very fast and i feel like a lot of my audience probably has not had a lot of exposure to kabbalah yeah and for me too, I always feel like a weirdness about Kabbalah because it's like a Christianized version of a Jewish mystical tradition, and then I'm further like appropriating. Well, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily appropriating. Maybe some people would argue that it is. 
for me, it's not so much that it's appropriating, but it's that I'm, I'm, I'm warping it through my lens so much. So yeah. it's like the Jewish mystical tradition and then the, the medieval version of Kabbalah is very Christian. And then the way that I am interpreting it is pagan. And so you're getting it like two steps yeah. removed from the original source. Yeah, I get that. And that's that. why I think that if you are interested in the occult, meaning anything to do with witchcraft, divination, um, energy work, like really anything, I think that it's useful to have like a basic working knowledge of the Tree of Life and the idea of Kabbalah, but I don't make it a part of a big part of my personal practice or the way that I view the world. Because my, my view of the world isn't that hierarchical, the way that Kabbalah seems hierarchical. Yeah, yeah. But the important thing is, is that Snoop Dogg's always in keep. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing. Nobody's in Kether. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, we're, we're supposed to be talking about Yule. We really are <laughs> supposed to be talking about Yule. So if you're not familiar, um, Yule is, it was celebrated in some traditions last Friday, which is the 21st on the solstice. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's the rebirth of the god because he died at Samhain. Depends on the yeah. yeah depends, depends on the mythology. Yeah, yeah. And depends on mythology. He's born again with the sun because it's, it's the longest night, and yeah. I lost my thought. Well, I mean, I'll talk about kind of how I view it. I guess. Yeah. So when you think about the solstice from like a very scientific and literal perspective, it's a position of the. Uh, you know, uh, the interplay between the Earth and the Sun, right? Like in their position and their angles and whatever. Such that the solstice, I mean, it's a discrete event that occurs at a time. Yeah. So the solstice was like at 4.30 something p.m. this particular year. So that's like the like the mm-hmm. second that it happens, right? But the solstice is also a transition point between darkness and light. So each of the solstices, so the there's one in the winter time, and then there's one in the summertime. So the winter solstice commemorates the longest night of the year, like the most hours of nighttime, and then the shortest day of the year. And then the summer solstice is the reverse. So it's the longest yeah. day of the year and the shortest night of the year. And so um, from this point on, even though winter is getting colder, so winter is starting in, mm-hmm. in where we live anyway. It's not really been that cold yet. The real meat of winter in Nebraska is in January. Or May. <sighs> I I was just think I was just talking to students I teach. I was just talking to students about this, literally, because they were asking me, they're like, Today's the first day of winter and what does that mean? And of course I gave them a scientific explanation. Yeah. I didn't delve into any of this because it's, you know, not relevant. Um but when I was talking to them about it, we kind of talked about how the seasons, like, only sort of make sense in Nebraska. Like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like winter really has already started by now, and March doesn't really feel like spring. And I mentioned that, I don't know, it's a good few, five years ago, I don't know, there was snow on the Cinco de Mayo. So I was going to the Cinco de Mayo parade, and I had to scrape <laughs> snow off my windshield. I was like, what is this global warming nonsense? Like, climate change is real because I am sweeping snow off my car in May. Like, I know the frost date is usually around, like, May 13th, May 15th, but frost is different than snow. Like, that was pretty ridiculous. So, for me, um, 
in my personal practice, this is about the return of sunshine. So even though it's getting colder, it is getting brighter. Yeah. So at the the fall equinox, which is toward the end of September, is when we're at equal, right? There's equal amounts of light, equal amounts of day. And then when you move towards Samhain, Halloween, it's getting to be, there's more darkness and less light to its depth in, at the solstice. Yeah. And so from that solstice day, the light starts to build. Even though the cold is still there, the sunshine starts to come back. So do you celebrate Yule on just the one day or the full 12 days? I don't do the full 12 days. So I know that that's a cultural practice and I don't know what tradition, Norse? I, I forget, I think, is it Germanic maybe? But, yeah, um, it's not Celtic for sure. I, um, I, I also feel like we should mention that a lot of the, the Christian cr Christmas traditions have actually been taken from Yule. Like the Yule log and the tree and the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, I mean the, how do I say this? The, the a lot of the practices that were culturally common in a lot of different indigenous <laughs> European cultures have been Christianized. Now that I, I don't view that the way I know some pagans get really intense and they're like, they stole our tree and they stole I, I, I mean why they did it though. They're trying to get converts. Yeah, it's both uh, of those it's both yeah. both of those things. I think that um, not just Christmas and um, not just Christmas and Yule are celebrations of light that occur around this time. Like Hanukkah's another one. Diwali is another one. Mm -hmm. It's more based on the lunar cycle than the moon's, than, excuse me, than the solar cycle, but it happens in the winter, sort of around this time. Yeah. And so I think that that touches on something deep in the human psyche that craves that light. And so that this is a celebration, a lot of those celebrations, even though they're um, theologically are very different and discreet, culturally are different and discreet from one another, the, mm, the human impulse towards like the light is coming yeah. back isn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's universal, but it's very common in cultures across the world. And so it makes sense that those beloved traditions that people would have, that they wouldn't like let go of those when Christianity came to their culture. Yeah. And so things transformed to become, and so a lot, I would argue that most traditions that you think of are either really recent commercial editions. So <laughs> if you want to watch, if you want to watch the on Netflix right now, there's a documentary of well, not a documentary. It's like a biopic. Biopic is that you say that? I think it's. Is biopic. it biopic or biopic? I think it's biopic. biopic. There's a biographical <laughs> um, movie movie about Charles Dickens and the influence that A Christmas Carol had on our culture. Oh yeah. Yeah. So here here are the things that if you think of modern like when you think of quote unquote traditional Christmas, here well, here's what you're thinking of. You're thinking of things that were inspired by a Christmas carol. Victorian England, like the Christmas tree, that was Queen Victoria. And then Coca-Cola with Santa Claus. <laughs> and the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas. So all of those things were are within the last 200 years. So if you, there, none of this stuff is that we really do is as ancient as pagans make it out to be. And it's not as Christian as Christians make it out to be. So Christians and pagans, I think, are both right and they're both wrong about where these traditions come from. Yeah, and, and that's why people need to do research. Yeah, and if you think about all religions, kind of like are basically the same at the most fundamental level. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I well, mean, like if you take away like all 
like every like I'm <laughs> no I understand what you're saying if you strip it down to the, the yeah. core which yeah. the core of a religion is aligning yourself with your community and with the divine mm -hmm. all religions are about aligning your well all religions I'm familiar with are about aligning yourself with the divinity and aligning yourself in right relationship with your community right yeah but it's just the, the way that we approach those is so different yeah I actually really like this quote um, that my friend Anna mm -hmm. told me um, she went to a Catholic school, and during her senior year religion, she said that the the teacher, I don't know if she was taught by a nun at that particular school. Probably not. I mean, that's I mean, getting well, more, it's getting more and more rare. I, I know, um, but some schools still, like, yeah, I'm not going to say the name of her school. Yeah. I might after we stop recording. Yeah. But, um, so, like, they told the class that God is too big for one religion, and I kind of agree with that. Because, like, you can't just have, like, one really. Yeah, I mean, the Dalai Lama had a beautiful quote yeah. that I'm paraphrasing where he talks about how, how unique each human being is and that... Sorry, that was my line. <laughs> thunk! Thunk! Thunk down that Yuletide cheer. Um, how did he... He phrased it essentially, like, that really, if there are six... Six, I think six billion people on the planet at the time. I mean, they're closer to seven now. But let's say six. If there are six billion people on the planet, there really ought to be about six, six billion religions. Yeah. Because like the way that each of us interacts with the divine is somewhat unique. And we're, I think we're going to talk about that a lot on my podcast when we do. Oh, the I forgot to episode. mention your past. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> so I also I have a podcast called Stella Speaks, which you can find as well on iTunes. It's called Stella Speaks Advanced Bitchcraft. And so it's an intermediate to advanced kind of take on some of these issues. And I don't mean an intermediate and advanced like um, to like denigrate people's practice. It's just a way of saying, you know, I'm not going to do, we're not going to talk about the basic stuff that you can find other places. Because you can find that other places. Yeah. Like my, my niche is, is not complication, but complexity and depth. I want to be on your necromancy episode. I'll do one sometime. I know you always wanted to raise a family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I have a podcast. Why did we bring up that I have a podcast? Why did we? Mm -hmm. um, because you mentioned, um, the train you mentioned it, that we're doing a crossover. Oh, oh the crossover, your right. Podcast, and then you're on mine. And right. I'm like, oh, I forgot to mention oh, okay. the word. <clears throat> so I was saying that eventually I would like to do a, a necromancy episode. Maybe next Salon. Not mm -hmm. on Salon. Well, I mean... I, I did my first, it was like Ouija Basics, like the day before Salon. Yeah, I remember I listened, that was good. That's something I don't do. I do it. I communicate with the dead, but I don't use the spirit board. Well, you can really communicate with them just by talking. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is supposed to be about Yule. But every 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 time we hang out, we get off topic. Right. But the topic but, is witchcraft, so yeah, we're, we're so always on topic because everything is connected. Everything is connected, like Kabbalah. Yes. And <laughs> it's all, there are all these mystical oh, threads tying everything together. I'm reading the chicken Kabbalah right now. Mm -hmm. Great. Anyway, so. So do we want to talk about some practical Yule things, like what people can do well, around this time of year? Or I, what do you want to talk about? I have in the past, have used like a Yule log where I put like candles and lit that up and did like a small mini ritual. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that this year What did yet. you do for, for Yule this year, Sarah? I haven't really done anything. Well, I, I hung out with some people and drank some wine. I had the work on Yule. Mm -hmm. 
So that kind of put a damper on things, but I did have some spaghetti mm -hmm. and some cookies. You know, I really and think that that's it was community. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty spiritual and like part of this time of year, if you think about it from like the northern hemisphere, like the northern northern part of the northern yeah. hemisphere, where like this is a if you think about um, historically archaeologically, this is a difficult time to be alive. When you when you can't go to Whole Foods and get whatever you want, yeah, at any time, you know, I mean, this is so. I feel like gift giving and sharing and eating meals together. Some of that is about sharing the wealth. It's like a a way of being like you know, it's cold. I grew grain, and so here's some of my flour. And you yeah. you grew squash, and so some of the winter squash that you tried, I, I grew. I can have. Diet Coke. So here's the Diet Coke. <laughs> no, I grew kombucha. <laughs> okay, so so because I arrived late to the Yule celebration, they had me pick up mixers because they were already pretty drunk. Which is great. I love hanging out with my people when they're drunk. <laughs> but I'm like, what type of mixers? I'm like, Diet Coke. <laughs> it's the traditional Yule drink. <laughs> the wassail. The mold wine and Wait, the diet. And then I found out they were out of wine. I'm like, why didn't you just tell me to get some more wine? But Diet Coke's fine. I guess it's a good substitute for wine. Nothing's a good I mean, substitute for wine. If, if we had the pick. Yeah, but people aren't drinking Diet Coke in church for circles. You know, I mean, wine is sacred. I could ha do an entire podcast on the things I've accidentally brought to church. <laughs> That sounds like a great um, podcast. So what other things have you done for Yule? So you did like a community hangout with yeah. your cabin peeps. What else? Um, I haven't done a lot. I, I plan on doing something tomorrow after I get back in town with my family. Mm -hmm. Like maybe doing like, I like to do ritual baths of mm -hmm. a water side so move. Mm -hmm. like candles. Mm -hmm. I want to do some magical workings for some personal things in my life. Uh -oh. And just kind of like greet the sun and like just kind of like be one with the universe mm -hmm. like a lot of my personal stuff are like that tomorrow is tuesday so i'm wondering what what god would be great to work well with. it's mars tuesday so. is mars oh tuesday is, is my day because i'm ruled by mars because you're scorpio yeah uh, yeah i'm ruled by venus so my day is friday yeah. Friday, it's Friday. Witches get down on Friday. Venus is the best day for sex magic. I you don't think. have to tell me I know all about it. I'm ruled by Venus twice because I'm my moon is in Libra. That's a ruled by Venus, and my sun, is, my sun sign, like my major sign, is Taurus, which is also ruled by Venus. So that's why I'm just this divine Aphrodite you know, we loving, kinda, we kinda got giving like sex person. Four elements here because I'm. Scorpio with Aquarius rising, I'm like water and air, and then you're mm -hmm. Taurus with Aries rising, which is fire and earth. No. Libra's water. No. Oh, no, yeah. yeah but my Taurus rising sign, yeah, is fiber. My I, rising sign is Aries, which well, is Well, I have earth, too, because apparently I'm a Virgo of moon. Oh, so we have all of it. Yeah, we're... We've got a little bit of everything. We're everything. I just don't we're have... The only I thing just don't have very much water in my chart. I mean, I don't have very much water in my body right now today. <laughs> we, need to, we need to rehydrate. <laughs> I had energy drink and now I'm having wine. That's literally all I've drank Yeah, today. you need to drink some water. I want more wine though. Yeah. Wine is water, right? Well, when Jesus makes it, but... I mean, 
water into water. No, we made water into wine. I'm sure you made water the wedding too. of Canaan. Yeah. I love that story so much. I I love Jesus. We're we Jesus both are Jesus fans. So that's what's I think that's something yeah. that's funny about us is yeah. that like um some pagans don't like Jesus. And I get oh, it. Like should we talk about what we're doing tonight? Yes, absolutely. So yeah. we're gonna go to midnight mass. Yeah. Because I think absolutely there's a history of horrible things with the Catholic Church. Yes, absolutely. I mean, from the Spanish Inquisition um, to the sex to, abuse Yeah, scandal. especially in our diocese. Yeah, our, our diocese yes, right now. Yes, it's really, there's a lot going on. So, um, you know, I actually talked to my mom about this because my mom is very, very, very Catholic. Oh, like my family. Yeah. Well, Only a little bit different. Mom, yeah, my parents are both mystics and yeah. your parents are mystics. Um, like my mom, when she converted, she had a dream that of a church. And when she went to the church that we attended, she like walked in the doors and it was the exact church from her dream. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's like a, my mom's a Scorpio and she is a hospice nurse and like a, just a general badass. I she mean, you also know quite a bit about her sex life too. Well, I don't know quite a bit about her sex life. I just <laughs> know the story of my conception. <laughs> Which is a great story. So, side note, okay, we'll okay. the story of my conception is hilarious. So, um, my parents at the time were living in like an apartment that didn't have good air conditioning. It was really hot. It was really hot because it was it was August, and so my parents hadn't had sex for like a week or two weeks or something. It's a long time for a Scorpio. That's a long time, a long apparently. But now I had the downstairs basement bedroom, but my sisters who had the bedroom next to my parents assured me that they were um, very happy people and you're also older than your sisters i am older than my sisters um so yeah i was pretty oblivious to that um except for one comment that my mom made one time that was really funny um but yeah so my aunt and uncle got married and nine months later i was born and everyone was like you uh, you know you had sex after the wedding whatever and my mom was like well yeah because the hotel room had air conditioning <laughs> and so that was just like a known fact that was like joked about in my family as I was growing up. It was like, yeah, 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 Stella was conceived after the wedding because of the air conditioning. I don't know my conception story. I pretty, I don't think I want to know my conception story. Maybe that's your homework. Like, I'm no, gonna. I am not. <laughs> no. Well, hopefully, I mean, most people hopefully don't know their conception story because hopefully, I mean, well, their parents happened. were. Well, here's the thing. Like, hopefully everyone's parents were having regular sex, and so they don't know the exact date. But my parents at the time were not. Although, apparently, according to my sisters and according to my mom and dad, they are just fine. And that's all they the details still I are. know. Well, <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> I hope so. Like, I don't want to know the details, but for their personal happiness, I hope so. But yeah, so we're going to, so anyway, <laughs> speaking of Jesus. Speaking um, of Jesus and, and, and immaculate conception. Well, I don't know how immaculate my conception really was. I know it was, ra it was very comfortable though. And which makes sense that I'm a Taurus. Like creature comforts, you know, like, like all the blankets. Like food and blankets. Yeah. Coziness. Yeah. We, we, we like creature comforts. So it's very fitting that I was conceived because air conditioning was available. <laughs> so, you know, if it was, you know, the middle ages, I wouldn't have been born. So I, I owe my my existence to air conditioning. You know, in the middle of the ages, um, they actually had better teeth than, like, say, in the Tudor age because they didn't have a lot of sugar. 
but not as great of teeth as we have now because we have Bluetooth toothbrushes, so. Yeah. We have Bluetooth everything. I really want a Bluetooth toaster. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so we're going to go to Midnight Mass, and yeah. I think, and for me, I don't go to Midnight Mass every year. I, don't I, I haven't gone to Mass in, like, over a year. Yeah, I, mean, I don't tend to go very often, but when I want to go, I go. Like, I went to Ash Wednesday. That's, like, the Not this year, one. but last year. Um, oh, no, Ash Wednesday is not the saddest <laughs> one. Good Friday is the saddest one. You can't one. eat between meals on Ash Wednesday. I did whatever I wanted. You're not even Catholic, so. Yeah, so I mean, I, I attended in a respectful yeah. way. I attended as a person who is no longer Catholic. So I Every went. Recovering Catholic. I'm, I'm recovering, I think, is, has a, a pejorative context. <laughs> um, I would say I am a former Catholic, but I was not a Catholic by choice at all. I mean, I don't think a lot of us were. My mom that's was because she converted, and I think that that's why she's so genuine and has a, like a true love of her religion is because she chose it. Yeah, I, I personally don't think that you should have kids pick right away. That's just me. Because I, I, I don't know. Like I, I went um, the mass out of habit. I like I knew the significance. It just didn't really do anything, and I was like always bored. So I was always counting mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. like how many like stars were on like the banners and stuff but when kids but um but when kids aren't exposed to their religion in their youth then they don't tend to stick around yeah that's true so like if i i don't know i don't have kids i feel like i, I would i would want to expose them to paganism well yeah maybe the different ones and just let them choose i mean i would here's my what i think i would do based on my personality and based on how i teach and based on how i talk to my nieces and my nephew I think I would say, here's what I do, here's why I think it's awesome, but you are free to choose what you want, and you're truly free, like, because I, again, that whole, like, all paths lead to yeah. the center or something, like, like the I would be, yeah, yeah. yeah, so don't get into all that transcendentalism, um, I would be happy as long as my children were fulfilled yeah and we're doing things in right relationship with the earth and with in right relationship with their community and if you're interested or if you're listening to this and you're still um, you know there's some things about your religion that you enjoy like you your original or your mm -hmm. birth religion like, I don't think you have to cut everything out like paganism I mean it depends on the tradition I mean you don't have to cut everything out look at Solomonic magic Right, or if yeah. you think of, I just went, I just attended a digital ritual with Starhawk. It was amazing. You, they, you should explain to our listeners what Starhawk is. Okay, so Starhawk is a famous writer. She was one of the founders of the reclaiming tradition in the 1970s um, in San Francisco. And it's a tradition that is very eco-feminist, meaning that they think that the universe is holy and feminine and that we need to take care of the earth as a spiritual practice because the goddess is the universe and so we have to protect the water and we have to protect each other and that kind of a thing and it's very politically progressive and she was the founder one of the founders of reclaiming which is a big deal mm -hmm. and she wrote spiral dance which is i have yet to read that you should read i mean i think you should read it, it for me it's the if you're going to read an introductory text actually okay backing up if you're going to read an introductory text about witchcraft i would recommend the 12 wild swans which is 
um, in Starhawk with another member of Reclaiming. And it goes through the fairy tale of the 12 wild swans as a, as a tale of initiation. And so it breaks down that fairy tale into chapter by chapter with exercises to do. And the awesome thing is it has three levels of exercises. So it has a beginner, intermediate, and advanced level. And so, you can, so you can go through that book multiple times and it um, increases in its like depth and resonance every time that you do it. So that's my, if people are like, because I had a friend who, I have lots of friends who get witchy. Like I witchify people. I don't proselytize, mm -hmm. but like you'll talk to, I'm interviewing some people on my podcast who are like, well, yeah, now I'm a witch. And we hung out. Now I'm a witch. I don't tell people to be witches because I don't care. But, I mean, I care about that. <laughs> I like witchcraft, so I'm sort of like, well, I did this. And they're like, well, that sounds cool. Um, but when my friends witchify, that's the number one book that I recommend. is The Twelve Wild Swans. It's by Starhawk. And the other writer is, I think she, uh, I don't remember her name. Valentine is her last name. It's a magical name. Hillary Valentine. No, I was thinking of Hillary Valentine. But that's a oh, different era. Yeah, yeah I know, writer. which is like, I'm like, that's not her. But Starhawk interviewed Doreen. Really? Mm -hmm. That's going to sure be great. I'm sure, I wish that she would, hopefully Starhawk will write more about it before she's she one passes. She's one of my favorite authors. Doreen Valiente. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing, yeah. If you want more, like, in, historical, in-depth, yeah. more British traditional witchcraft stuff from the source. And she's a badass. And she, yeah, she's, she's like a awesome. code breaker or something for yeah. World War II. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she's a badass. But yeah. Starhawk's a badass too. She's been arrested multiple times. <laughs> I she mean, was, don't don't get arrested. But do get arrested. Could. Absolutely get arrested. She was she because she's arrested for all the right reasons for oh yeah okay for protesting um like nuclear plans That's some arrested for, development for, right for, there <laughs> for protesting the World Trade Organization. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she is amazing. She she thinks of her political activism and her spiritual practice as like one and the same. She's ha she, I remember vividly when Trayvon Martin was murdered by George Zimmerman years mm -hmm. ago. She put a post out about it on her Facebook, and there were all these comments that were like, "You and these people must not have read Starhawk because her work is hyper political, hyper political. Truth or Dare, very political." Um, Dreaming the Dark, very political. Like, these books are very political. She is very political. So I don't know where these people found Starhawk because they're on her Facebook commenting, like, I like your spiritual stuff, but you need to stay out of politics. And she responded with this beautiful post. And she was like... Did you say, fuck you? No, but she said, she said that the my spiritual practice and my political practice are intertwined. And you can't separate the two. Because if I'm honoring the goddess, I'm honoring the goddess mm -hmm. in all of her forms, including people who've been murdered. And she's like, if you don't understand that, you don't understand my work at all. That is amazing. She's amazing. And oh. she's bisexual. She's Jew. She was Jewish, is slash was, because you know how Judaism yeah. works. Um, and so that online um, service that we did, she did a blessing. Like she told everyone to bring some flour to their altars and she blessed it with this Jewish blessing. It was gorgeous. That's amazing. And then I used it, I used that flower in the present rolls that I made for my family gathering. Aww. Yeah, it was really beautiful. And I actually prayed a Christian prayer into it, but I, I changed one word. So it's a traditional Catholic food blessing and it goes, bless us, O Lord, mm -hmm. and these thy gifts through about to receive through Christ. But Lord. instead of saying our Lord, I said our inspiration. Like because it? that's my relationship with Jesus. Like he inspires me those words, if he existed or not, like there's some debate about the historical accuracy of his 
like actual personhood but but that doesn't matter to me like a lot of the things that he said like the sermon on the mount the beatitudes the parable stories like the good yeah. samaritan like you can learn a lot from that i just don't like when i don't like taking it literally yeah for me it's just like he's a really wise dude yeah i really i love jesus i like he's a good philosopher and like mm-hmm. a lot of things are really mm-hmm. cool and stuff i just don't like how some people it's it's like men and women who have like bastardized it absolutely the, the oh yeah absolutely real me of christianity i was raised catholic so i have all that like mm-hmm. respect you also like like i couldn't help reciting that prayer because yeah, like, it's, like, it, yeah. it's like switch okay i'm in catholic mode right <clears throat> and now and we're gonna i think that when we go to mass tonight we'll be in catholic mode too and i well, think yeah. that that's okay it's it's one way of interacting with the yeah. divine and to me it's kind of I feel like it's a limited way because it's one way of viewing the divine masculine mm-hmm. and I want to look at the divine masculine from a lot of ways plus the divine feminine so I think that Catholicism for me is limited but what if but there are a lot of beautiful things that it does offer. Are you gonna take the Eucharist? Absolutely not no never nope I think that's disrespectful no I never okay. would nope never 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 I all I actually judge Catholics who take it sometimes because you should go to commu- you should go to excuse me you should go to reconciliation before you take it. So yeah. you go, so here's the great thing and this is a cultural difference. When I go to Mexican church, almost no one takes communion because they haven't been to, to confession. So yeah. they're they're very good about it. Americans, they always take it. Even if they haven't been to confession in 2 years, they'll still take the Eucharist. And I think that's disrespectful. Yeah, I get that. I wasn't planning on taking it. No, nope. I mean, I'm like, gonna walk up. I do the thing where you walk up and you put mm-hmm. your hand. Yep, you put you cross your arms, and so I, because I want a blessing. Absolutely, I want a blessing, but I don't want. I'm not going to lie and and take yeah. the body of Christ when I don't believe it's the body. And there's of Christ. a couple reasons why I wouldn't be eligible for communion because they have all these um, requirements. Like mm-hmm. one, I haven't been the mass in forever. Right. Two, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Well, you can take yeah. mass if you're gay as long as you don't do the gay things <laughs> you, you understand what i'm saying no no i get i get chip and i'm like i'm a scorpio <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm, I'm doing, doing, all, I'm the doing all the gay well i haven't in a long time yeah but and i'm sure like you're in a state of mortal sin because of masturbation i mean like well i do i do use sex magic but everybody masturbates I and then everybody goes to church they're a bunch of liars injure myself during sex <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about uh, anyway, that. Anyway, that's, that's a different, different podcast. Episode. Well, this is, it's really explicit for a reason. Okay, good. Yeah. That's why I like Woo! the color. Yeah. But um, I think that whether we're celebrating the birth of the sun, S-U-N, or the birth of the sun, S-O-N, either way, this is a celebration of beginnings and of light and of the return of brightness. And so I feel like by attending Catholic Mass, I'm honoring my Catholic ancestors. I'm connecting to my history because I, I went and so when I go it feels it sort of feels like home in a way yeah. but it feels like a home I just want to visit I don't want to live in yeah yeah, yeah I get that. and so that's why I don't go every year to mass of any kind but I go occasionally when I feel drawn to go I go and I felt drawn to go and so I invited you so because like, I want to hang out with you cafeteria Catholics no that's not well, true. I mean, well, yeah, because yeah, I'm not Catholic yeah. at all so I'm not picking and choosing I am honoring a celebration. Yeah. Just like I, I want to attend a Jewish celebration. I want to attend a uh, Muslim celebration. I want to go, I to, go all to all those, all those things. things. Yeah, I want to go to them to experience them. Because then 
I have a different window on the divine. I have a different window on my friends. I have a different window on culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to attending Mass with you, Sarah. Same. Same Z's. Yeah. So, see, whoa, this is like a double episode. Usually it's like about 26 minutes. Well, you had double the people. Yay. So. I mean, yeah, math. Why are you making me do math? <laughs> because I'm a teacher. I'm giving you homework. But you're an English teacher. Yeah, and math isn't everything, though. Don't ruin my existence. Math is just the uh, just a way of looking at the math universe. is the devil's no, weapon. No, it's not. Math <laughs> is just a, a <laughs> pattern and a way of understanding the universe. Math is the devil's arithmetic. <laughs> Have you read the book? No, I Have haven't. you read the book, The Devil's no, Arithmetic? No, I don't you want to. Oh, it seems really sad. I'm sure. Well, everything related to the Holocaust is horrible and sad. But anyway, yeah. so with that mention of the Holocaust, oh wow, yeah. uh, um, I want to wish you guys a happy Yule mm -hmm. and Merry Christmas, whatever holidays you you celebrate, because there are a ton around this year. Yeah, and, and I feel like I'm all interrupted to say that I feel like you should feel like you can celebrate your holidays. Yeah, like if you if if having a certain cake with your grandma is really important to you, but it's quote unquote Christian or what, I feel like you should feel safe and respectful and um, supported in doing that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And if you have to spend time with your, your family and they don't get you or like you're mm -hmm. kind of like outcast, I am thinking of you in my mm -hmm. thoughts. Yeah, because I know this time can be hard for a lot of people. It really can. Yeah. It really can. But I love y'all. Yes. And I especially love Alakadabra and Disbanded Crow. Actually, a fun fact is that Disbanded Crow actually um, went to Alakadabra's Etsy shop and got, I think he got a two-card a two reading mm -hmm. and he said it was like scarily accurate. So I and he's not a witch or anything well, I mean, like that, right? Well, he has an oracle deck. Oh, uh, okay, all right. But he's so not, he's I like... What is he? He's like, two, he's like a very, very beginner witch. Mm -hmm. I mean, his game is pretty much witchcraft because it looks fantastic. Yay! What's the game that he's developing? Uh, it's like Obscuru or mm -hmm. Obscura. He just recently changed the title. Mm -hmm. It's um like, have you ever played like the old school um, Sega Genesis or like... Final Fantasy, like mm -hmm. the original ones, it's uh -huh. in that vein. Oh, okay. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. And he, he sent me an Edgar Allan Poe action figure. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. Anyway, so I want to thank you for joining us again for Corn Fed Witch, and I wish you happy holidays, and I'll see you in about two weeks. Bye. Bye. SSPGM. Bye. That's not mine. I think that should be trademarked, but Bye. whatever. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>